Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. In our lives, emotions are everything. We act on emotion, even making a purchase. You buy something, it's it's more times than not all about your emotions, what you're feeling at the time when you're thinking about buying something. And certainly with relationships that comes into play. We're going to pick up where we left off last time with this gentleman about negative and positive emotions, how to identify them, how to change them. We're also going to look at the best healing emotion. This one particular emotion can be a game changer in, in helping you move your life forward. He's the guy behind Optimal Life Practices as a, a life coach, helps with mindfulness, spirituality, and also meditation. And Mike Corral is the guy. He's back. Welcome back, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. How about yourself? Very well. I guess we should recap last week when we talked about emotions. We kind of centered on negative emotions because usually they they come up easier, faster. Um, and we talked about, is it timeline regression? Is that the the proper term for it? Uh, timeline therapy? Yes. Is that what you were talking about referring yeah. to? Yes. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, we hit that up last week in terms of, and I had that done before we met, where- yeah you identify what you hope to be the very first time you felt a negative emotion, anger, sadness, uh, depression, guilt, right? Right. Yes. Right, right, right. How about, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, the, the reason why uh, we pay more attention to negative emotion, basically in, in the field of psychology, uh, there's a, it, the field is solution oriented. And unless it's a problem, they're they're probably going to bypass it. Positive emotions are not a problem. Po mm. Positive emotions get us emotions get us through um, everyday life. And so, in psych the field of psychology, they tend to overlook it and only focus on what is causing the problems. And that's where the negative emotions come in. And that's mm. why that's why we know more and focus a little bit too much on the negative emotions. I've often heard that. If you think back to an emotion or memory, first memory you have as a kid, I've heard it's usually not a great memory because our, our subconscious, I guess, is wired to remember those times to to protect us. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how a, a gestalt is formed. You know, a gestalt is where uh, a similar incident will trigger the same emotion. And since there are so many similar events in our lives that can act as triggers, we remember and our body goes back into the mode of dealing with that original negative emotion. So if we can disassemble that gestalt, um, we're able to live each moment for its own value as opposed to being triggered into, uh, you know, it's like when you say, Oh, oh I, I don't want to go to that restaurant anymore because when I ate there, there somebody was a, there was a big brawl and all these negative things happened. And so it creates a negative, a bad taste in your mouth, so to speak. Wow. Um, and is that a protection? Is that a self-protection mode? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We do. And it's, guess what? It's unconscious. It's done at a subconscious level. It, it, it's done at a cellular level, if you will, because it's it's the job of our unconscious mind to protect us, to help us maintain our homeostasis, to help us, you know, maintain our, a balance in our life. And so it's yeah, it's kind of a protection that's built into us, intrinsic. Mm. I uh, had a scuffle in my twenties uh, at a fast food restaurant. A bunch of guys jumped me and my friends. Um, Big guys. <laughs> I remembered them from uh, 
high school wrestling champions. And uh, yeah, it was it was a moment and took him to court because I had damages to my car and all of that. Um, yeah. But ever since that day, and again, I was probably 22, I am wired to always be looking around. If I'm walking in a city crowd, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. Um, so, and, and I don't even know I'm doing it. I'm just like, <laughs> then I think that's the, the subconscious rewiring to, to protect, like you're saying. That's, that's true. Yeah. We don't, we don't often notice that we're doing it. And sometimes the responses that we get are a little bit um, uh, delayed, uh, simply in unconscious mode that just doesn't allow us to, to be intentional. You know, one of the things about, uh, making decisions based on negative emotions when we allow our intentions to guide us uh if if you don't if you don't do it with the right mindset it can guide us into a pattern that we that we always res- resort to as opposed to making a new decision and, and putting ourselves back in charge and refocusing on what we want instead and moving towards what we want as opposed to moving away from what we're trying to avoid that makes sense. Yeah. Mike, how do we, how do we change? Like we're going through life. We have a negative emotion pops up, whatever it might be. Anger could be uh, sadness, guilt. How do we flip that into, into a positive emotion? It's, it's an interesting thing. You know, I'm, I'm going to go off, off that just to bring you back to how it works. Let's say you're in a survival mode. You ever watch this, the survivor television shows where people are left out with no food and, and I, I, I love the ones, I know the one you're talking about. There's, you know, there's Survivor, that show. There's other shows called I Survived. And there's another one called I Shouldn't Be Alive. And these are people that were faced with situations. Some of them, you know, they plane crash and they're in the middle of nowhere and they tell their story. So, yeah, it is interesting to hear what they resort to when they need to. One of the things that they do when the food is scarce they begin to curate things that they would never have paid attention to. They begin to look into little seeds or certain plants that have nutrition or, or water. And you can see the joy or the pleasure in that little bit of nourishment that they're getting because they know it's, it's for their sustenance. If we did that with joy, if we looked at joy as our primary nourishment, as we looked at, if we looked at it as, um, something that is very, very sustainable in our life, we would do more to protect it and we would appreciate little things a lot more than we do. There are so many things in life that we take for granted. And because of that, our level of joy gets overlooked and we begin to want more and more and more to feel the same satisfaction that we would with very little. Hmm. How do you recognize, and by the way, joy being what we said before, the, the, the healing emotion, how do you find the joy? And maybe that's the bazillion dollar question, but how do you identify those little joyful things in everyday life? When, uh, uh, do you have kids, by the way? Are you a dad, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So if you remember when your kid is, is crying and you do whatever you can to distract them, sometimes you try to see if you can make them laugh instead of cry. Sure. And you do something and you, you, you make a funny face or you pretend to fall or you, you do something goofy and you watch the expression on their face as they change and they begin to laugh instead. 
uh, we can do that for ourselves if we can remember some of the things that brought us joy in the in the past, or if we can learn to recall um, our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual state when we were at a peak moment of joy. Uh, we can do that. Oftentimes, it's something very simple that we can remember and we can recall the events. We do that when we reminisce. Hmm. When, you, when, you, when you get together with an old friend, you, oh, it's been such a long time. Do you remember that time when we were hanging out at this place? You remember all of those details and the bond that took place at that very moment. And it creates a visceral effect. So that your whole body is responding to it. Your mind is responding to it. Your heart is responding to it. And we can do that more often than we need to. But sometimes if we get in, a, in, in, you know, in an argument or a confrontation of sometimes, we begin to focus on who's right, who's wrong, what am I going to do to hold my place here? Uh, we become either defensive or offensive, and we forget that that incident is distracting us from the joy that we need to have, mm. you know, and, and, it, and it depends on the degree of severity too. I mean, some things you just can't, you, you can't be joyful when, when somebody's being assaulted or you're being assaulted, but to come back to it as soon as possible is the main thing that we need to focus on. And I never like to use this phrase because I think it manifests negativity, but the intention is there. Look on the bright side, or it could have been worse. You know, in That's those right. situations, this happened, and this refocused my uh, my emotion now to anger, sadness, whatever the emotion is. But to come back to the joy center sooner, I think with experience, with faith in yourself, with understanding of the universe, also understanding some things you can't control. <laughs> can I think help you get back to the uh, joy spot a little bit sooner? Yes, yes. I was talking to a friend of mine um, uh, a few months ago, and she's the type of person that will focus on what's wrong. And ultimately, she's a hero for dealing with so much and for having such tremendous coping skills. And every once in a while, she'd say, you know, I don't know if I, I can survive this. You know, this is just devastating to me, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I, I remember getting back to her later on and say, so how's it going with, uh, oh, you know, the problem hasn't gone away. It's still there. And, uh, you know, it, and she'll go on and on and on. And I'll say, but you're still here and you're alive and you sound healthy. You, you, you know, all of these things. And she'll say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then she'll go back to, but, and, and recall all of this stuff. These are things that we need to train ourselves to, to you know, undo and redo. Because if you do focus, if you learn to strategically focus on what you're looking forward to or what this 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 shift um, has caused you to to evaluate, after the evaluation, we always come out ahead. Mm. If, if we're alive, we're, if we're, we're still healthy, we're actually a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser for the experience. And, and we can use that to, to move forward. It's like gaining muscle. Yeah, funny you should say that. The other day, my daughter is uh, 15, and we were driving past uh, my old elementary school. And I was getting flashbacks. Funny, you know, talked about it being assaulted when I was you know, in my 20s, you know, a fist fight. Um, yeah. I was bullied as a kid. But as a, as a, you know, a elementary school student 
I pass by the playground. I'm like, ah, you know what? See that playground right there and that spot right there? And then there was, um, you know, a slide, some swings and stuff like that. And I told my daughter, that's uh, where dad got beat up when he was little. Um, and I was a big pudgy kid. We got made fun of. Uh, I said, that'll never happen again. So right. to, to your point, there's a lesson in, in all of it. You know, you look at, you know, look at the lesson. What, what did I come away with? And you're right. I, I agree. Yeah. You'll always be ahead if you look at things in, the, in, in a more positive way. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I went through some, uh, some very similar things. I, I used to get bullied to the point where I would have nightmares that uh, people were coming into my house and attacking me and I didn't have any resources to, to fight back. And um, everything I tried was, was not working. And one of the reasons why is because I was such a compassionate person. When I, when I used to get bullied, I would always look for an equalizer. I was a tiny, tiny kid in high school. People thought I didn't belong there. But I would always have an equalizer stashed, a two by four in a bush or a chain in my pocket or something. And I'd always get the best of the bully that, that was attacking me for some reason. And I remember the point where I actually felt sorry for them. Before I could even launch a, a blow or, you know, attack them in some way, I felt sorry for them because I could see in their the fear in their face. I could, I, I, could, I could see them as vulnerable as I felt. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that to my enemy. I think we're better off understanding our opponent to the point where we're able to give them what they really need instead of what they think they, they need. And um, there's always a win-win, you know, if, if you look hard enough. And if you have the confidence to do that, sometimes our lack of confidence doesn't let us look at, at that point. That's a whole other podcast. Isn't <laughs> it? Confidence, yeah. 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 But even, even in a, you know, a relationship that ends, and let's say it wasn't your intention, it was the other person, they did whatever they did, then you turn and you look and say, you know what? In a lot of ways, you feel sorry for them. If you, you reframe do. it... Because they they change their lives, and maybe it's not for the better. They think it is, and you just look at it from afar now and say, you know what? Wow, good for you. I mean, good luck <laughs> to you. Yeah, and it, and it, and if you take it to the point where you could actually want them to have everything that they need, you want them to get to the point where they feel whole and complete again. Uh, when you want that for someone, guess what? Your vibe is conducive to allowing that to happen for them and it, it, it's amazing because sometimes it can it can actually repair a relationship believe it or not or bring it close because we lack that understanding and that lack of understanding creates such a void that needs to be filled with something positive instead you know and that hope that hope is one of those positive things that we can feel and we we've talked about manifesting before but if you can, as I understand it, wish the other person well, even if they did you wrong, yeah, love and light, good luck to you, best wishes, hope it all works out for you. And with yeah. positivity, um, you change whatever you emit, that negativity to more positive in yourself, whereby yeah. attracting more of the good stuff to you. And it doesn't, it's, right. it's hard to imagine that, how that's going to work, but everybody tells me it does. It does. It does. It, you know, there's going to come an incident very soon. Uh, I can predict uh, for you where you'll notice that happening and you'll, you'll see what it looks like. It'll, it'll, you'll begin to recognize it and cultivate, 
cultivate it and bring it more into existence. Once, once you get a, a taste of what it's like, it grows. And we, we begin to cultivate it unconsciously and intentionally. And that is one of the most beautiful things because love begets love, just like all the other positive emotions beget more positive emotions. You know, when we look at the continuum of negative emotions and positive emotions, there are five main negative emotions and only four primary key positive emotions. And I think my personal theory is that it's because they're more sustainable and it doesn't take as much because they do so much more than the negative net negative emotions when we do it right when we focus when we when we allow our mind to to be in that that positive set you know mindset what so, are the, what are the positive emotions now we have joy happy right well joy creates happiness but it's joy interest contentment and love mm so and, and those aren't common every day that you that you hear but those those will invite other more pleasurable experiences into the life you know joy will will cultivate happiness amusement anticipation exhilaration um interest will will uh, stir up our curiosity and, and our excitement it also it also stimulates the opportunity for awe, for us to be in wonder, you know, that, that feeling, oh, wow, mm-hmm. you know, that state of awe. And then you have contentment, which brings us con- our serenity, our tranquility, relief, comfort. Mm. And then love, it brings us into relationships that are romantic, uh, exhilarating, that are compassionate and caring. And th- those those are the beautiful things that we forget to cultivate, to preserve, to 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 you know. The more we we give them uh, or cre- look for opportunities to share them, the more they come to us, so that we have an abundance to to give. You can't stop giving. It's often been said that you need to love yourself before you really can truly effectively love others, and. Is that also because when you you truly love yourself, everything's good? You know, I am enough. I'm actually a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You get to that point. Um, Is it that you're radiating love and that's why it draws to you? Yes. When we understand our purpose, we understand that we're here for a good reason and that we're here to offer something to humanity. We are a gift to mankind, believe it or not. We've been taught to not think, oh, don't you, you think you're God's gift to mankind? Well, if I was, I would be a lot more responsible with how I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I would be a lot more responsible if I realized that what I do um, is going to affect the rest of the world. So I need to take care of myself. You know, there's a in, in the Bible, you talk about they, they talk about uh, sacrificing animals back in the day when Jesus was roaming the earth. Um, and they used. He went to the temple one day, and these people were were selling uh, animals that were worthy of sacrifice. These animals were were cared for in a special way and cultivated so that they were flawless, so that they were they were the best in the best condition that they could be, um, because only that was suitable to to offer. Uh, and and yet. With Jesus, he got mad because they were actually selling these and. Uh, so that people didn't have to 
find them themselves and, and offer them themselves. It was costing somebody nothing. It's like buying a gift versus making a gift for somebody. Bottom line is this. The Bible also says that I beseech you, brethren, that you tr treat yourself as a living, consider yourself a living sacrifice so that you may be uh, worthy of offering yourself to God. And I don't mean to sound religious here, but what I'm saying is if, if we treated ourselves as something that needed to be worthy of giving as a gift, we would, take be we would eat better. We would, we would uh, be, be as healthy and fit as, as we could. We would look as good as we can possibly look. And we would become in that process more attractive, more desirable. So it, it behooves us to put ourselves first, to take care of ourselves, to love ourselves. You know, it's, it's, it's not as selfish in the negative way that, that people will say, mm. um, but it's, it's a good thing, holistically speaking. You know, it, I'm glad you said the G word, the guilt comes up, where we focus on taking care of ourselves and not so much for that time of others. We just feel guilty, like, oh, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be focusing on work. I should be focusing on something else, taking care of somebody else. Um, but you got it. I mean, that's such a cliche. You got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Uh, but, yeah. but the guilt thing comes into play. Yeah. You know, when, when our, as a dad, you know, I know you know this, but when, when you think about taking care of yourself for your daughter's sake, uh, being the best dad possible, you want her to be proud of you. You want her to be uh, confident that you're going to be alive for a long time. You want her to feel the joy of knowing her dad's healthy and, uh, and, and thriving. If, if we neglect ourselves, we can't thrive for our, for the people that we love. And it's a, actually a gift to others, you know, after it's a gift to, uh, to, to ourselves and to God. And a lot of the stuff that we don't realize, you know, the importance of it until we start talking about it and how to reframe these emotions. And um, is it everything is driven by emotion? Is it safe to say that? It sure seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, one of the things that I've, that I've noticed is that whatever happens in our life will trigger an emotion, a good one or a bad one. And if we can manage that, then the problems in the world would, would become different. We won't ever run out of them. We're always going to have them, but they spur us into something better. They grow us. And we don't go into a tailspin when we have to deal with something. We just realize, I got it. Going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Is it easy? Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> it was, no. Maybe it wasn't right. what you expected. Um, but I, I also believe that you can't always do it alone. Like you can't, it's, you shouldn't say you can't, but it's challenging to realize these things on your own. And I, somebody's I don't think it's meant to be done alone. Mm, okay. Fair enough. I, th I think it's meant to be done in community. It's meant to bring us together. Um, you know, when we neglect that and, and we begin to isolate ourselves, we begin to lose our ability to thrive. Yeah. Isolation is one of those things that we're afraid of for good reason, and we should avoid at all costs. You know, a lot of times I'll be uh, online and I'll see a story, learn about this, blah, blah, blah. I'll click it. I'm like, oh, good. I'm going to learn something. This is going to be great. And a lot of times it's, uh, you know, metaphysically driven or, you know, coaching areas, things like that. And I, I find myself reading it, but I'm not ex excited as I thought I would be. And I think it's because... It's just me reading it as opposed to we're talking about it. 
we're talking mm-hmm. about. There's motion put into even this conversation in terms mm-hmm. of you know, directions that we're looking at and heading in. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so different when you're connected to somebody else talking about this stuff or learning it. Yeah. Do you remember we talked about spiritual intelligence? Sure. And what an intelligence is. When we find applications for these things, it becomes real. When we talk about them, we actually find ways to apply them into our lives or ways that they could have been applied in the past. And then we look forward to similar situations because we, I want to hurry up and try this thing. Now, next time that problem comes up, I want to try it. It's like getting a new tool. You know, you you say, Oh, I got this new tool. I can't wait to go use it. Sure. That's the intelligence. That's the spiritual intelligence that, that is there for us to, to acquire. Even what we talked about today, the refocus, you're, you know, have a, a negative emotion that you're dealing with and to faster spin it around into a positive. Um, I don't think many of us would even think about that until you, you're talking like we're talking about it. Uh, we're, we're out of time. That goes by fast. Oh man. <laughs> it flies right by. Uh, and I look, and I'm like, I even have to double check. Is it really accurate? But yeah, it is. Uh, how do we find you, Mike? If somebody wants some coaching help, wants to talk about some of this stuff, how do we do that? Well, I have a new number, a toll-free number. It's 855-549-8118. Those are all numbers divisible by three, by the way, Steve. Um, (laughs) So you can reach me that way, or you can go to OptimaLifePractices.com. And, uh, yeah, shoot me a text, uh, send me, drop me a line, reach out, and I will certainly get back to you, and we'll talk about customizing something for you and those you care about. Yeah. The answers are all there. You help us uncover the answers and would it be great starting 2024 on a very positive note, looking into, you know, things a little bit differently. Absolutely. Joy is not just for Christmas. Yeah. Joy is for the whole year round. (laughs) It's true though. It's kind of funny when you think of it, you know, joy to the world and you think of the holidays, but yeah, it, it, it should be every day. Mike, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. It's my pleasure. And we'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your flat. Socks go in first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops, the rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.